0: All right, we are back, man. Triple Double Podcast, a Run KNC production. Took a brief hiatus, man. Locked in on the summer, covered a ton of events. covered covered a ton of players. So we're excited to be back and kind of almost empty the whole clip <laughs> from the whole summer in one segment, man. Super excited, man. We come back to you guys with a new phenomenal sponsor for the Triple Double Podcast, The Vault, DTX, Dallas, Texas. Your one-stop shop for the latest sneaker, streetwear, and apparel. Located in Southlake Town Square, two doors down from Me Casino. Y'all know Buff, man. Y'all know I love my sneaker fix. High-level product and options in that place, man. They they got everything you need. Retros, Yeezys, Jordans, vintage tees. They got everything in there. Make sure y'all go by and check out my guy Matt at the Vault in Carrollton, Texas. So let's lock in, South Lake, Texas. Let's lock in real quick. First quarter of the Triple Double Podcast, so much to cover. So what we're gonna start is just kind of recapping the summer. Um, I was fortunate enough to get around to see almost every circuit. I saw so many players, man. Players from Texas, players from all over the country. Um, and of course, y'all know we had Who Want to Smoke? So I got a chance to get pretty much all of those guys in the same gym right here in Dallas, Texas. So we'll start with EYBL. We'll start kind of local with some of our our programs and how they did. Um, In Texas, we'll start with the Houston Hoops, who made a final four run to Peace Jam 17U. Lost in the semifinals to the eventual winner of Mocan. Shout out to the Houston Hoops, Jalen Lowe. Um, Had a heck of a week at Peace Jam. Has helped himself tremendously. 2023 point guard. Um, JoJo Tugler going to Houston. Big time for for the Houston Hoops. Uh, Jace Posey, Jalen Posey's son for the Houston Hoops. Helped himself tremendously. He's on official visits right now. Just left TCU if I'm not mistaken. Aston Hardaway. We'll talk about him because he's actually on the move to another school right now from Duncanville. Play for the Houston Hoops. So shout out to the Houston Hoops 17s. Uh, Pro Skills and Drive Nation did not make the Peach Jam Championships, but they both played each other, ironically, in a Peach Invitational for the championship game. So essentially think NIT for NCAA basketball. But those two teams from Dallas were two of the best teams still left in the field that didn't make Peach, played each other, and shout out to Drive Nation. They went 8-0, 17-U for the Peach Invitational Championship. 2024 Liam McNeely, phenomenal uh stretch uh six seven six eight forward i think he averaged like 17 seven rebounds and like four assists a game amazing that's another kid on the move leaving dallas texas going to a school we'll talk about that later again so shout out to uh drive nation and pro skills um jl3 they made peace jam uh one of their top guys was actually from Dallas RJ Jones who just committed to K State. Shout out to RJ and his family. Uh shout out to coach Tane, coach Yurick, coach Bourne, coach Reem at, at K State. They got a they got a good basketball player coming in, RJ Jones who's on his way. He just committed. That's another kid who's leaving Dallas to go to another school. We'll talk about that again later. Um 15 U. You guys remember we had Jermaine O'Neal um on our show not too long ago. His 15U team actually made it to the championship game of the 15U division in the EYBL. Uh, phenomenal season. Jermaine O'Neal Jr., Jaden Toombs, who I think is going to be a stud 6'9, 2025, 20, five man. Um, Jeremiah Green, another Dallas kid, who is on his way leaving uh, to another school. We'll talk about that later. But he was a big key cog in, 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 their, in their run. Jordan Lawry, the point guard. So, shout-out to Drive Nation 15s on their run. Let's go to Adidas. Um, Southern Assault, crazy. Only 17 U3 SSB program in the state. Uh, shout-out Zell Thomas. They had a pretty good run, good regular season. His team's always play better in July. So, they were good in July. I think they made it to the Elite Eight of the Adidas Championships. Shout-out to my boy Taj in New World, though. They came down for Who Wants to Smoke out of D.C.? their 17 U team actually won the three SSB gold championship. So shout out to those guys. Um, Under Armour, UAA, we have Texas Impact and the Houston Defenders. Shout out to the Houston Defenders. They won UAA champions. They are UAA champions for 17 U. Jamari McDowell, Manville High School, really blew up this past season. Um, Chris Johnson had just committed to Kansas. Another kid from Texas leaving the state. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He's gone. Um, but Chris finished up with the defenders and they won the championship in Atlanta in July. So shout out to Aaron Harrison and Larry, who run the defenders, man. What a heck of a run with those guys. Texas Impact, I think they had a, a pretty good season. Um, they did pretty good, but shout out to the Houston defenders, man. They they handled it up. Independence, of course, um, this year, shout out Urban DFW. Um they got a couple of kids getting ready to come off the board, going to school. I thought they had a pretty good spring and summer. Sean Ward, man, does it again with 3D Empire. Um, different group. Definitely not the same group as, as Anthony Black and Ryan Argawall and those guys, but shit, man, lack of a better word, Garrick Norman's on his way to Michigan State to play for Tom Izzo. So another very successful summer for 3D Empire and their independent group. Um you know, continuously sending kids to school, man. Great summer, I feel like, though, for Texas. Um, I think a lot of our guys were, were seen um, first full summer back where we got all of April, May, June, and July to travel, and coaches were able to come out at every stop. We'll talk a little bit later about, you know, the, the changes. I saw way more coaches in July than I did in April, and I really believe that was because in April they hosted a lot of transfers. So the transfer, the pecking order is a little different now, guys. You know, they're, they're they're locked in on transfer portal guys and stuff like that early, but late they are scrambling. So y'all hold tight, man. They still identifying guys. They're, they're still calling around looking. Keep working. Keep working. Um. So that's the first quarter, the first half of the first quarter. We can go a little bit longer today. So we want to jump into, man, the revolving door of kids going from team to team. Whew. In my experience as a coach and now a scout, it's, it's, it's never black and white. Like, it's never all the same thing, if that makes sense. Like, there are different reasons um, people make moves. And shout out to Rick Nelson, man. Been around a long time, 20, 30 years. He said something a couple of years ago that, that has stuck with me to this day. Parents have the right to make good and bad decisions for their children. It's their children. So, with the revolving door kid, and then we watched it from high school now, man. It ain't just AAU. Like, kids are leaving. they moving for whatever reason. Is it healthy? Mm. Is it healthy for these kids to to bounce around so early? You know, and all I can think about is just being a man. You know, I had a long talk with my son the other day. Um, they had their first football practice at Lancaster High School. And they're starting corner. He said he quit. And I'm like, what? I'm like, why would he do that? He said he got burnt on the route. Coach kind of chewed him out and he left. And it kinda it, it hurt it hurt my feelings. Cause my, my son felt a certain kind of way it's his senior year, you know, this is one of the starting corners. And I said, Ray, it's hard, man, being being a man. Like like being a father, being a husband, being an entrepreneur, being an employee. Like you have to see some stuff through when it gets hard, you know. And I wonder if, in some of these cases, of course not all of them, if we're if we're hiding them from hard, if we're hiding them from accountability. Um, it's, it's not nothing is easy, nothing. Everything is 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 everything worth having is you got to work for, and once you get it, you got to work harder to keep it. So that's a serious question, man. Is it healthy bouncing these kids all around? Some of these kids are going to three, four, five different high schools. They're playing for three different AAU organizations in one summer, man. That is it's tricky, man, because cause you don't know the 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 impact that I have on them moving forward with, with when it comes to being a man. You know, sometimes as a man, you just gotta pull your pants up and lock in. Everything's not gonna be convenient. Everything's not going to be easy. Truth be told, most of it is hard. So that's one question. Mm, should we think about doing a transfer portal for high school? Ooh. I tell you what, if you did one nationally, like college, I want to say it's still it's still 600 kids in the transfer portal. School has started, guys, for a lot of folk. You got teams playing on foreign tours right now. I got a chance to watch my guy, Anthony Black and Jordan Walsh, they were in Spain yesterday. Got a chance to see Rylan Griffin uh, the other day. He had 19 and 6 rebounds. Colin Smith of Vanderbilt, 14 points. They're playing. I get to watch Casey Wallace tonight in the Bahamas. College basketball is going on and there are kids in the portal. High school. We could really have a real high school portal. Like a whole, it's that many kids. Nationally, in my opinion bouncing around, moving. I'm just trying to keep up with with Dallas and Texas right now, and I promise you it feels like somebody's leaving here every day. Uh, we actually got one to come in here. Uh, Jermaine O'Neill's have having a, with dynamic prep. Um, Tayshawn Bridges, He's. It, I said it was crazy. Like, we actually getting one to show up here. Like, we've lost so many over the last few years. But again, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Next, great question, and I'm glad we're we going to bring this up. What happens when NIL really hits high school is coming? and it's coming to Texas and it'll be here, I believe within at least the next 18 months, probably sooner than that. It's gonna get wild, but this is what people don't realize. Everybody's not marketable enough to get paid for this. I feel like I'm a very marketable person or entity in grassroots basketball. I don't have people lining up to give me money to host these events and stuff. So think about that. Now you have some, Daisy Kelly's a great, um example of like branding you know she's at North Carolina she can really play but she can sell something you know that like that's why people it ain't just because she can play it being marketable you got everybody in the NBA can play everybody doesn't have a, a sponsorship deal at all everybody's not signed to a shoe deal some guys just wear whatever shoes they they buy um Marketability is going to be so important moving forward. But I'm telling y'all right now, everybody get ready. Texas is going to come through with NIF. Right? They're going to have to because you fight in California, you fight New York. And I'm sure the UIL is seeing all these kids leaving and going to these different schools. And they're wondering why. Ca- like it's, it's money. Money's part of it. Like, don't, don't ever get that misconstrued. So that's coming. Brace yourself for that. I'm excited, man. I think we're going to have to get somebody in here to kind of go over NIL with us on one of these panels to understand what it is and, and how it can work. Long first quarter, but we back, and I'm excited. When you're in the Mecca and have this many top dogs, everyone coming for you, good or bad. And that is absolutely correct. I think we've done such a great job pushing and promoting how good basketball is here and the talent is here that everybody else is taking notice. And it's not just them coming to get players. You have more event operators now come, want to come to Dallas to do events because players are already here. I think our events at the TV for our reports are really good, not because of the teams we draw from everywhere else. The foundation is here. Like this is a national-level place for, for, for basketball. So anytime we host something, I think we'll always have – kids or programs who are nationally ranked or really good. People have taken notice and I'm gonna go back personally. I feel like the tb 5 reports really jumped off during the pandemic. Everybody was closed. We was the only show in town. Who wants to Smoke that year was August 13th through the 15th. We had the classes of 2021 through 2024 in the gym. While California, New York, New Jersey, Chicago, they were closed. So keep in mind, Casey Wallace, Terry O'Morris, Anthony Black, Jordan Walsh, Keontae George, Five Burger kids last year, all them kids were able to play. They, that means they were able to be identified. Harrison Ingram was in that tournament. Langston Love was in that tournament. <laughs> Wade Taylor was in that tournament. C.J. Nolan. The list goes on and on and on. Baller TV. Colin Chandler from Utah Prospects was in that event. The like people started to really I think they knew it was here. I don't think they had no idea until that pandemic when nobody else was playing. So ultimately, we have done a phenomenal job players, parents, programs, media, event operators. Now the eyes on us. So we got to figure out now what's next. Do we want to put a wall up? As far as keeping people from coming out of here, do we look at it as, hey, man, we just doing a great job, and, and they're identifying our best kids. So that's the first end of the first quarter. Hey, make sure y'all follow my guy Matt on Instagram at The Vault, T-H-E-V-A-U-L-T. Meet me up there, man. I'm going to give me a pair of sneakers from up there next week sometime, man. Uh, drops new gear daily, but make sure y'all follow him on IG. That's the end of the first quarter. We'll be right back with the second. All right, back for another Fun field packed quarter with the triple double podcast, a run KNC production, again being brought to you by the Vault in South Lake Town Square, two doors down from me casino. Get your vintage tees, get your retro Adidas, Nike, whatever you're looking for. My guy has all of it available for you. All right, so second quarter, man, a lot of early signings this year. Um. With the class of 2023, I think nationally, um, not just Texas. We talked about Garrick Norman a little bit in the first quarter. He's um, headed to Michigan State to play for Hall of Fame coach Tom Izzo. uh, R.J. Jones is headed to Kansas State. Uh, Kay Douglas, Lancaster High School, has committed to UTA. Um, Chris Johnson on his way to Kansas. Like, guys are coming off the board quick. Like, it's not even – September, I had somebody say something on Twitter the other day like it's so crazy how much this has changed. A lot of these kids are committing without even taking a visit first. Like they don't know where they're going, but it's just like you don't want to run the rat race with the transfer pool in the spring. And college coaches are using that as um, leverage to get guys to sign early. Um, I think we got some 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 good fits. Of course, you, you never know it's all to tell. Still waiting on guys like Ron Holland. At Duncanville. Uh, just came off a gold medal with, with, with uh, U17 USA basketball. Um, he's considering Kentucky, UCLA. Duke, I mean, UCLA, Kentucky, Texas, and Arkansas. That's Ron Holland. And you got Wesley Yates in Beaumont, Beaumont United. Shout out, Wesley Yates had a phenomenal uh, summer with Live On, based out of Louisiana. Um, he's a hot commodity right now, man. Auburn, Alabama. Texas is trying to dig in with uh new coach. They just hired Brendan Chappelle. Shout out to Chappelle from Beaumont. He's trying to get it done with West. So still got some guys out there on the market looking, but for the most part, man, Jamie Kaiser New World. He's shutting down. He's staying home going to Maryland. JoJo Tugler's already done the University of Houston. Still waiting on Jalen Lowe and Jace Posey to see what they're gonna do. But for the most part, man, guys are, are locking that in. I'm interested to see how it affects um twenty twenty four. Like is this something that is just what it is now. Guys will start coming off the board. You know, that last live period is in July. You know, I think that 2022 class did that a little bit too. Uh Keontae George was done before July to Baylor this time last year. Um so we'll see how it plays out. I think definitely this year is way more kids that have committed already. You know, I think we waited till November for Casey Wallace. Anthony Blacks was like December. Um so we'll see how that one plays out moving forward. Again, transfers, it'll be interesting, man. I wonder if the NCAA will consider moving the live periods from April to May so more schools can host the transfer portal kids in April. A lot of them missed the the games in April, the live period events, because they were hosting transfers in the portal. So I think that's the only time they can actually host those guys because the season is over in March. Um, You got a dead period right after that, and they got to be able to host the transfer portal guys. So wonder if they ever consider moving that back to May. Um next question. It, not enough school scholarships for the talent out there. It's not. It's just not enough spots. You know, I was, I feel like we do a good job of of getting a lot of really good teams from this area. I went to a, another event a week ago. Matter of fact, it was primetime nationals. I saw so many teams from Dallas I've never heard of in my life. And, and that's not a bad thing it, it's just telling you how many kids how many players how many programs there is to filter from trying to offer scholarships like and, and, and you look at it you know division one I, I think they're trying to, to max it to, to 15 scholarships for basketball right I think it might be 12 or something like that right now they don't, they don't have 12 every year. It's 300. I want to say 51 Division One schools. On average, it might be three to five every year. Now, that's let's just say you got a thousand scholarships available between 351 Division One schools every year, right? A thousand. That sounds like a lot to you. It's not, because that is transfer. They got a thousand left for the transfer portal kids, JUCO kids, and high school kids. So break that up. That's almost 333 per. Per level, JUCO, uh, Transfer Portland High School, that's less than one scholarship available per Division I school for high school. So 351 schools with 333 scholarships available for high school basketball players. That's like .8 per. It's 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 almost impossible, man, to get a scholarship I'm at any level playing basketball, not just Division And it has nothing to do a lot of times with your ability it has everything to do with availability not your ability availability man that's why y'all gotta do your research you know checking to see whose roster is what who's leaving who's coming back I mean if they got a scholarship point eight you might be good enough to play there but they don't need nobody at your position sometimes it's just luck I will tell you this you better be in the right spots to be seen. That matters. A hundred percent. And I say that not as an event operator, but as somebody who ran a program for five years of independent kids. You have to be in the right spots. You can't play anywhere anymore. It's just, it's too hard, man. It's hard to be identified, let alone evaluated, offered a scholarship, and signed. Like it's a lot, man. Because it's a lot of kids out here. Does not mean you're not good enough. But the ability to be seen, identified, evaluated, and even pushed by somebody who's respected, um, you need help, man. You better be really good if you are gonna try to do this on your own. And sometimes it's still not enough. Not trying to discourage any of you guys, just telling you the absolute truth with how this stuff works. It, it's not ability, man, it's, it's availability. What scholarships are available at what level, at what position? And are they looking to get older? Because if they're looking to get older, they're going in that portal. You know, so uh, it's, it's it's different. I'm, it's 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 always been hard. I think it's a little bit harder for sure now. But it, it it's a lot goes into this, man. <laughs> a lot. Um, is it easier or harder for a coach to find a kid? I do think it's easier for them to find you now, to be honest, if you're in the right spots. Because we have live streams everywhere covering games. But – like we talked about it's not just about finding you anymore it's about availability do they have a scholarship available do do they need to plug somebody that plays your position you know like it's it's a lot man are coaches actually watching or just relying on social media Whew. y'all know me i'm always tell the truth every every college coach is not good at their job they not like, y- y'all can't get fooled by the logo on these polos. Some of these guys are literally watching social media, waiting to see who – who. and I've had it happen. Like, I'll tweet about a kid, and somebody hit me immediately. Is this somebody who need to be on? So, it's it's out there. So, part of that is the identification piece. I don't think they get to watch as much games period, just because they don't have – they don't get to go out on the road as much and, and, and watch and, and evaluate. So they do count on videos on social media, I would tell you. They do count on some guys tweeting about certain guys, it can draw some attention to you. Easily identified, but it's still harder to be offered, if that's make if that makes sense. All right, so that's part of it. Speaking of social media, it is becoming an outlet for parents whoo, to air their dirty laundry or express their frustr frust- their frustration. Man. EYBL. I'm not gonna name the parent, and she wouldn't mind if I did, cause, but I'm just not gonna do that. There was a player. Must have been frustrated with their role. This is in the middle of EYBL while it's still going on. The same night of their game, mom is ranting on Twitter, talking about he can't play like this. Uh, <laughs> with 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 like looking over his shoulder, he getting snatched for everything. I wish we would have did this. Blah 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 blah. And I kind of looked at it, I'm like, shoot, at least you being honest. You know, like like social media is, it, it, they tell you to be politically correct on there all the time. And, and I get that because it's like you can't hurt your kids. You can't hurt your recruitment. You can't hurt how people view you based on what you say on that app. Because it's, once you put it out there, it's up for interpretation. Because nobody's communicating with you to know exactly what's going on and why you feel the same way. All they're reading is that 240 characters in that tweet. So she was hot. The kid never said a word. And I know the kid and the mom, I know the family really well, a tremendous family. The kid is already committed to an ACC program. So he was done. But it was amazing to me to kind of see that because people typically stay away from that like in the middle of an event. I'm like, yo, this is wild. But but Twitter is definitely a place now where, man, it's almost, depending on what you got going on, it's, it's a place to vent and that's dangerous. You know, because these people, you don't know these people. Like I like I look at my Twitter, I don't, man, I don't know all them people that follow me, man. I don't. So what I say on there, who knows how many times it's getting screenshotted and, and sent to people DMs or whatever the case may be. So I try to be a little careful on there. I don't do too much. Y'all know me, I'm going to be 100. Don't hit send. I can't tell you some of the stuff I still got in my drafts that I have not sent, though. I got some some, some real stuff in, in the drafts that I won't ever see. But it is definitely becoming – Twitter is definitely becoming a different place. It's not just for scouting. I'm, I'm watching parents, and I'm okay with this, promote their own kids on there. Like they sound like scouts. they dropping their own videos. they dropping their own scouting reports. They're telling you GPA, all that. I'm completely fine with that. Social media has been tremendous for me in in, in building my brand. So I get it. We all use it for different reasons, though. Um, are the kids really putting in the work? I'm excited because I got a camp this weekend um, of 25s and 26s, uh, the next wave. I'm super excited about the ta- talent level there. And I've put some stuff in place I feel like to try to get back to making guys compete consistently. So it's it's going to be work. You know, I've, I've had a chance to go see NBA top one, NBA PA top 100 camp in Orlando this year which I think is a phenomenal camp. I think John Lucas and his staff does a phenomenal job of keeping that event super competitive with some of the top players in the country. So, you know, just making sure like like the kids, I think I think a lot of them like it. I don't know how much of them really like got to have basketball. And I think to be really good at this, you you got to have a, a a work ethic and a mindset that's different from your peers. Because all these kids, y'all listen to me, man. I, I watched at least, I watched a lot of kids. I saw at least 400 kids this summer that are good enough to play Division I basketball, man. And they all not going. Some of them will because the, the, their, their mindset is different, the talent is equal. But you got to have some kind of separator. And I, for me, you know, I think the formula is really been work ethic and mindset. You know, we talk about guys like, like Kobe. You know, Kobe was talented. Let so let's let's start there. But the mindset and the work ethic is what put him in conversations to be top five, top ten in the NBA. In in the history of the game, seventy five years of the NBA. LeBron James, like his his work ethic. They say is um, they say LeBron put like a million dollars into his body every year. You know, like, you're going to have to do more to get more. Like, you're not going to be able to just kind of fake it. And you can to a degree in high school, but at some point when you're trying to get to a certain point, you're going to have to try to get to another level. So here's a small clip of Kobe talking about putting in work from the documentary. Dirk Nowitzki, Maverick, all-time great, the perfect shot. That is one of the all-time greats, Kobe Bryant, talking about the work ethic, guys like him and and, and Dirk. And these are guys that are already got God-given physical ability, man. And they're talking about the work ethic that it takes for them to be at the top of their game. So if it's good enough for some of the best we've ever seen without the work, imagine what you need to do, you know, to get to where you're trying to go. That is the end of the second quarter. Getting ready to take a short halftime. Again, this has been brought to you by The Vault Um, in South Lake Town Square. Elite-level sneakers, elite-level gear. Make sure y'all stop by and see my guy Matt telling the Triple Double Podcast sent you. See you in the third quarter. All right, we back. Third quarter, Triple Double Podcast. Run KNC Productions. This is Kellen Buffington from the TB5 Reports. Um, Locked in on the third quarter. You know, one one thing I've got a chance to kind of see um, over the last four years since I've been doing this, um, just the behavior. You know how, how it's changed amongst the parents, um, pro everybody in 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 these events. You know, I don't I don't know what's causing it, but I've seen so many videos on Twitter over the summer with parents. Players, really not the players, man, but parents, coaches, and like like losing it, especially with the refs, man. Verbal altercations, like physical altercations. Officials retaliating. I think I'm going to have to have like maybe some kind of panel on here. Get like a, a, a referee, a program director, you know, and, and kind of talk about what's going on. You know, in my personal experiences as an event operator, I'm noticing the referees engaging more with the with the people in the stands than ever. Now, don't get me wrong, man. People in the stands talking crazy. Like, I've heard some of the stuff that's going on. It's unbelievable. But I, I feel like I've watched way more refs, like, talk to people in the stands. And it seemed like a couple of years ago that, that was never an issue. Like, they could do a good job of not responding. Um... Man, I've seen refs get jumped. I've seen refs beat up coaches. I've seen players jump on refs. I've seen parents jump on coaches. You know, in in, in the middle of games, man. So, where is the the anger? Like, where is it? Is where is it coming from? Like, this is a question I would love to have somebody DM us or 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 reach out and give me some answers, cause we got to find a way to fix this. Cause if it keeps going like this, I'm pretty sure we're not going to have no refs to do these games. You know, like me personally, I've gone up and tried to pay more for refs officiating my events in order to help negate some of the, the altercations going on. And I will tell you this hundred percent, your refs are either going to help you avoid altercations or they're going to They're going to egg them on. It's going to be one of the two. Um, I think for the most part, these guys come in, they they really try to do their job and go home. Um, Program, like coaches, I think a lot of y'all think this stuff is personal with, with how some of these refs are handling you. And I think it does get personal at some point once you keep attacking them and berating them, you know, verbally to a degree, are they supposed to be professional? No question. You know, I pride myself as being a professional, but I'm a man first. So, so ultimately, you know, if you, if you're disrespecting me personally or anything like that, you know, I'm not worried about being an event operator or scout at that point. I'm worried about being a man. I I think a lot of it is communication, how we communicate, how we talk to people. But this stuff is happening everywhere. Like it's all over the country. And I feel like we, after every weekend, like I'm, I'm seeing gyms get maced. Like kids are in the gym, y'all. Listen, to what I'm telling y'all: people are getting maced because adults, and maces flying around, and there's kids in the gym, babies, two, three, four, five years old. You know, like, like I, we're we're having to hire armed security guards for youth sporting events. Think about that. Like we have to have people walking around in there with with guns, just in case something happens. Like clear bags and. Metal detectors. These are youth sporting events. Like, like, why is why is why is everybody so angry? Is it because of the price of the events? Are you upset walking in there because of what you had to pay to get in? I, I would love to know the answer as to why youth sporting events have become such a strain and so stressful for adults to a degree. You know, and and one thing I've noticed about the players. They kind of take their cue from the parents in the stands and especially from the coach, you know, sitting next to those guys, man. If they start getting into it, you know, the, the, the kids kind of feel like they can talk to the refs a certain way because the coach is talking to them a certain way. You know, we just got to get back to a level of respect, in my opinion. You know, like like we got to be able to respect each other. You know, don't get in people's personal space and – cussing at people and all that man like like that is a a very tricky situation. We all have to do better for the kids for our communities and for the future of basketball and and that myself included. We all have to do a better job because 99.9% of these kids would never make a dollar playing basketball. So this for them is is just te- teaching them how to how to be a teammate, how to be coachable how to be respectable to a degree, and they're meeting people who will remember them and have impacts on their lives thirty years. Some of my best friends, um, I play I play sports with growing up. You know, like we're still for some of these guys are in some heck of a spots right now, and I met all these guys through youth sports. You know, so you got thirty year friendships. People remember how you were when you were younger. People remember how people treated you. People remember how your parents acted. Some parents won't want their kids around your kids because of the way you act in the stands. You know, uh, refs, you know, you guys have a super tough job. I couldn't do it. No question. But it's the job you signed up for. We got to stop going back and forth with people in these stands because at some point either you start to feel disrespected or they do. And that's when it starts to bubble. Like, I feel like I'm breaking up so much tension just between refs and coaches at the events. I'm like, what is going on? Like, it's – yeah, like, you can feel it. Like, it's it's weird. Like, I remember six, seven years ago when it got loud on one side of the court, you just knew you missed a basketball play. Now, something goes on, my antennas are immediately up. I, I don't know if it's a dunk or somebody done body slammed somebody. Like you you just you just on high alert at all times. You you don't know. I think this is something that as a community, as a basketball community, we're gonna to have to sit down and, and really have meetings about this. And maybe form not necessarily a union, but some kind of uniformed rule. Like that like it's a zero tolerance for this. Something where we can work together to come up with something that's gonna protect the referees, protect the parents. And most importantly, protect the players, protect the kids, protect the youth, some kind of governing body, you know, and I don't have to be a part of it, but I would love to see it like I don't have to lead it, none of that. But I would love to see something where program directors, um, referees, event operators and any kind of parents with any question, some kind of open forum or something almost just to kind of figure out what we can do moving forward because at the end of the day, and I I was in education for 14, 15 years, my number one job every day was the safety and security of them kids. Not educating them to make sure they felt safe in my classroom, in those hallways, in my office, among their peers. When kids feel safe, they perform better. Like, I don't know if if our kids feel safe in these gyms, especially depending on where they playing every weekend or who they playing for every weekend. You know, parents, y'all can cut a lot of this stuff out, but by who you allow your kids to play for, a, a, as well, you know that's a topic of conversation for another day. But like th- these kids gotta feel safe. Like that's our job as adults to to put all our kids in in safe positions. It, it's it's getting weird now in these gyms, you know. I I don't know if they feel safe. Don't know if you feel safe. I don't I, I the refs can't feel safe. You know, and clearly, I don't feel safe. The event operators, because we hiring security guards with guns. Think about that, y'all. It's twelve year olds playing in some of these events, and we got dudes walking around with visible pistols on their hips. At youth sporting events, we gotta do better, man. And I'm not saying like not don't do that, but it's 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 just I don't like this. I don't like how it feels. I don't like how it looks. I hate seeing it on social media because I feel like it draws more attention to it. But this is, for lack of a better word, it's a lot of disgusting behaviors going on from adults in in these gyms where we're going to watch our kids play and perform. So. Let's try to come up with some stuff for that man. We'd love to hear some of y'all feedback on what y'all think we could change. Me as an event operator, refs, you know, I'm open to anything and whatever conversation to try to help fix that. Because if it keeps going like this, man, we we gonna be in real trouble, like sooner than we think. You know, like we we all love what we do. We all the kids need this. If if it if it goes away, it will be because of the adults. It wouldn't be because of the kids, and we can't let that happen. So uh, that is the end of the third quarter. Y'all think about that one for me. I know we kind of changed pace on y'all a little bit with the third quarter, man, but we, we got to do better in these gyms. We got to do better at these football fields, these soccer fields, these baseball fields. It ain't just basketball. We have to do a better job modeling the behavior that we expect from these young men and women on these fields and in these gyms, and we will. We will. So that's the end of the third quarter, Triple Double Podcast. Um, again, make sure y'all go see my guy Matt at the Vault. High level sneakers, high level gear, whatever you need, he got it. Fourth quarter coming up. All right, last quarter, man, we we up thirty five right now. We rolling. Uh, Run KNC Productions, Triple Double Podcast. Kellen Buffton of the TB Five Reports back. Um, if you head to the Vault in South Lake, you will take a step back in time. Make sure you stop by and check out the great selection of sneakers and vintage tees, man. Like, it's all retro. You know, I'm old. I'm 40, man. So, all the shoes I want to wear and all the shirts I want to wear is old stuff, vintage. So, it's perfect for me. Um, Matt has some of the best vintage hoop posters and memorabilia around. He has a ton of posters from the 80s. When I was growing up, Different times, man, I had a whole bunch of just different posters of, of athletes. I mean, we used to have a magazine back in the day, Sports Illustrated for Kids. I used to love that magazine, man. Like, it wasn't a whole bunch of reading. Like, it was a lot more pictures and, and, and shorter stuff. I was 8 or 9 years old, so I wasn't trying to read a whole column on Alex Rodriguez, Alex Rodriguez, Rodriguez's contract. I just wanted to see, man, like, like, what does he look like in batting practice or a picture of Jordan – with his tongue out, you know, dunking. You know, that was, that stuff was on our walls, man. Like, like young. And with the the new invented, like, do they still have posters? Like I know they still got Slam Magazine. That's one magazine I'm very familiar with and something that I've subscribed to and, and had, man, for at least the last 20, 25 years. Probably my favorite hoop magazine, to be honest. Um, so you got Slam Magazine. When do these kids still put posters on their walls? Like, I know NFTs are coming as a new thing, like, but it's virtual. Like, even with the pictures in my phone, like, they're in my phone. I'm like, man, I need to print some of these out so I can just put them up in my office or, you know, just even in your family. Like, everything's virtual. And I think NFTs are super cool. I don't know everything about them, but can you, like, where do you go to see them at? (laughs) You know, like, I thought posters for us growing up a little bit was kind of motivational. You know, it's like, man, this is Jordan. I got Jordan on my wall. And I'm a LeBron guy, but I'm talking, I really had Jordan posters on the wall, though, for sure. So you got Jordan, you got Charles Barkley on the wall. You got Bo Jackson on the wall, George Girvin. like, I'm telling you all my age a little bit now, too. But, you know, it, it, it's something just having that that feel. You know, like you can touch it, you can see it every day. I know some guys, man, they, they would tap the post on their way out the door. You know, just a reminder of, of their mission. It, it kinda kept you focused to a degree and it made your room look cool back then. <laughs> so that that was cool. You know, Matt has that going on at the vault in South Lake. So you if you wanna see some old posters, some of you old folk listening to this about my age, go over there, man. He got plenty of stuff for you, man. So as we as we wrap this up, uh, wanna thank you guys for joining us. We ha- sorry for the hiatus, but we back. I'm looking forward to uh, the high school season, we'll have a ton of coverage. The college basketball season, all of our 2022 guys, they're, they're out, they're enrolled, they're playing. I've been calling, kind of checking in on those guys. Um, happy, you know, I feel like a lot of those kids grew up on the platform and now I get to see them show the world what, what guys like us have known for years was coming. Um, shout out Keontae George, man. He They played their foreign tour early. They went first of July. He yeah, had like a 38-point game, and whew, that kid picked the right school. i tell y'all that. Keontae going to get busy at Baylor, man. Um, like I said, uh, Kentucky and Casey Wallace there in the Bahamas this week. Anthony Black and Jordan Walsh are on their foreign tour with Arkansas. Noah Shelby, Lee Dort, Colin Smith are on their foreign tour with, with Vanderbilt. It's a lot of dudes, man. Like that class was special, and I'm being reminded of it, you know, thinking about them going into college basketball so i'm excited to see those guys um as we close though y'all look forward to this man we, we can really take this podcast to another level we got so much information that we need to get out you guys please subscribe got some more stuff coming for you with that uh this game is great it's a great game i love it i love it with all my heart I, I i've put so much into it let's do better let's let's preserve it let's make it better you know, let's, let's make it better for, for the people who will come after this. Cause we're not gonna be able to do this forever. You know, and I grew up always being told, leave it better than you found it. So my whole goal for this is to leave this game much better than I found it. You know, in, in every aspect, in every way. So looking forward to in 2022 and going into 2023 with the Triple Double Podcast to everybody who has listened and continues to listen. Thank you guys so much for your support. We got so much more coming for y'all later. Stay tuned. Stay with us. End of the fourth quarter, run KNC Productions. This has been Kellen Buffington. Again, shout out to my boy, Matt, at the vault, South Lake. Y'all go see my guy. Tell him Kellen Buffington and and the uh, Triple Double Podcast sent you. We will see you guys soon.